0: This evening we've covered a lot of scriptural territory, not just the stable scene in Bethlehem. No, we've covered Zechariah and Gabriel, Zechariah and Elizabeth, Mary and Gabriel, Mary and Elizabeth, Mary and her song of praise, Mary and Joseph and Jesus at the moment of his birth, the shepherds and the angels, and finally a peaceful and reflective moment for Mary. It is a story so well known to us that we hardly think anymore how carefully and interestingly it is woven together. There's Zechariah with his wife Elizabeth, who is seemingly past childbearing years, told by the angel Gabriel that Elizabeth will bear a son. And it's the same angel Gabriel who appears to a young virgin Mary to tell her that she will bear a son. The same angel with the same kind of prediction, a prediction of an unexpected child. But the two women are essentially opposites. Elizabeth, who is too old, and Mary, who is maybe too young. One is long married, the other is unmarried. But they are linked together not only by the story of unexpected pregnancies, they are linked together because they are cousins, So their children will be cousins. One will be John the Baptist, the other Jesus. One will preach repentance, the other redemption. And one will baptize the other. The weaving together goes on and on, but it starts here. And then there's Zechariah who goes mute and Mary who sings a magnificat. There's no room at the inn, a family turned away, so the baby has to be born in the most humble of circumstances, laid in a manger, but then a heavenly host of angels is there singing a glorious welcome. I mean, it really is brilliant, the connections, the layers, the ways the story turns and then turns back on itself. The shepherds, for example. The shepherds are in the story because this king is humble and lowly and is laid in a manger of all places with farm animals as the only direct witnesses of his birth. And the shepherds are dirty and outdoorsy and symbolically appropriate for a child who will later be called by John the Baptist the Lamb of God. And the angels, the heavenly host, the angels call the shepherds to come into Bethlehem to see the thing that has happened. And they don't do it with a whisper. They fill the heavens with music and praise, and the shepherds go and find Jesus and then spread the news in full voice all the way back to the fields from which they came. So we've got a tremendous cast of characters, and we've got connections and relationships every which way. We've got silence, and we've got singing. We've got not only one holy mother, but two. We've got strangers and cousins. We've got holy circumstances, humble circumstances, and holy wonder. It really is remarkable. I read through the whole long story several times this past week, and each time I was amazed at all the interplay, the interconnectedness, the way the story holds hands with itself. And finally, about the third or fourth time I read through it, this line popped out at me. It's something Gabriel says to Mary right after he tells her she is about to be pregnant. Gabriel says, And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age Has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. It would seem from the way the sentences are structured that when Gabriel says, For nothing will be impossible with God. He is referring back to the sentence immediately before where he talks about the barren woman Elizabeth bearing a child. But what if he's saying not only that, but something bigger, that truly nothing will be impossible with God. In other words, this whole story is unlikely, even improbable, but not impossible. It's not just nicely pieced together for appearance's sake. It actually fits together for our sake. It makes something that seems improbable possible. Everything, every step seems unlikely in its own way. But then it happens. What they did not expect, what we did not expect, happens. For nothing Will be impossible with God. Zechariah, who is used to people listening to him and doing what he says, finally is silent long enough to understand that he's not the one in control. Not impossible. Old age Elizabeth gets pregnant and bears a son. Not impossible. An angel shows up in the middle of the night with life changing, even world changing news? Not impossible. A young unmarried virgin is chosen for the task of bearing God into the world? Not impossible. Two cousins, as yet unborn, recognize each other in the womb so that one leaps in the womb when the other one's mother comes calling out a greeting. Not impossible. Young, pregnant Mary is so full of the Spirit of God that rather than hide in shame, she sings in joy. Not impossible. The Savior of the world is born in a cave and laid in a manger. Not impossible. Angels fill the sky and the shepherds fill the streets. Not impossible. It is all amazing, maybe even unlikely, but not impossible. And this is important, because we live in a world of cynicism, a world of been there, done that, a world of it's never going to get any better. And this story on this night counters all of that with this message, for nothing will be impossible With God. A baby born to change our hearts, to change the world, not impossible. For nothing will be impossible with God. I invite you to think for a moment what have you deemed impossible? What good thing, what miracle of hope, what movement of peace? What restored relationship, what changed heart, changed attitude have you deemed impossible? Whatever it is, let go of that tonight. God is writing a story. Where peace is possible, where hope is possible, where joy is possible, where love is possible. Is there a miracle out there waiting to happen? Is there a baby waiting to be born? Is there an expression of God waiting to make its glorious entrance into the world? Of course there is. Because nothing will be impossible with God. Amen.